Chapter 25, The Extractor Briefing The kitten wouldn't trust me when I put her in the cage, but what animal would? I didn't trust us either when my comrades put me in a cell, so I understand where she's coming from. Life's not easy behind bars, and this fragile girl was shaking even after I set the food and water beside her. Drink up, kitten. You'll need it when we escape. I winked. All my sight disappeared behind my eyelid. It's not that I forget I have one eye. It's just that life seems delusional most of the time, and this is the best I can do. The mystery of this current moment was beyond my spectrum of feelings, and the mind was unpacking every event as if it was part of some sort of puzzle. How had I gotten back here? Why were things moving so fast? All I could do was hold on for dear life, and that's what I wished for this kitten too. Hold on, darling. I wasn't leaving her to die. No, not I. T. Hammond neither. A knock startled me when I saw Reynolds peering in from outside. I knew I needed a plan, or the beginning of a plan at least, because... Follow me, said Reynolds. The body was following him, but my mind was elsewhere. My whole family was hiding in this maze. And how did I feel so at home here? As if Ma Collie Jack was with me all along, beside me, or within us. And she was on to something much bigger than my brain could even imagine. What if she was using this body to watch through the eye that Reynolds was looking at when he escorted me into the dim room? I entered under the new door, stating, Extractor Personnel Room. It was packed with new extractors, all wearing black suits and copper masks like me and in the very front was a table with various metallic instruments, many of which I knew too well, and behind the table were the two men I detested more than anyone else, the King and Evol. Listen up, said the King. You come from different backgrounds of our military, but we're on the same side for this pyramid. When you put that mask on, you have one duty. Your job is to execute my orders, understood. There were seven of us new extractors, or seven plus Reynolds, and all seven of us shook our heads. Even my body was in agreement, but I knew Ma was only making us act the part while she stared dead ahead. These prisoners are terrorists, assassins, and even trained professionals. I'd be very careful listening to a word they say. They'll kill you if they get the chance, said the king. What do you want us to do to them? asked one of the comrades to my left. Your job is to break them, said the king. Hell yeah, whispered one of the extractors on my right. No time for pity, and do not go easy on them. Bring them to the edge of their sanity, and then push them into madness. These terrorists are out to kill our children, rape the missus, and destroy the freedom our fathers earned. The king pointed up. A giant flag, half black, half white, with a red stripe to the middle, was hanging on the wall. We're going to need every advantage over these worthless prisoners. Understood, said the king. The room nodded in silent agreement, but this time I disagreed. His lies were obvious. These slaves weren't useless, and none of these men dared to speak up. How dare they disrespect my collie Jack. Reynolds, explain the rules for our new comrades, said the king. Evil hadn't moved. His legs were crossed over each other while he slouched back in his black throne. Red eyes peered at the ceiling, lost in thought. Was he daydreaming? Then a thought ran through my head. We have to get out. Evil turned to me, as if he heard my own voice speak it aloud. His eyes changed to brown when he looked at me, standing still as T. Hammond could be. My voice was silent to the head while Ma listened. Wait and see, I heard her say. Evil was staring into my eyes. I knew he could hear my thoughts. And I even had the courage to wonder if Ma conjured the lie to see how he'd react. Yes, this was a test of devotion. We were here for a reason. Again, a new thought erupted without knowing where it came from. But what happens if they put you back in a cell and... Shh! Evil's eyes shifted back toward the ceiling before a new daydream began. I'm sure all of you newbies think you're hot shit because you made it this far, said Reynolds. Well, you haven't seen anything yet. Whatever happens in the cells, leave it in the cells. Don't go bringing it home once you clock out. Got it? The extractor in front of me was twitching. His fingers were shaking against his side. 
There are only three rules in extraction. Rule number one, said Reynolds, no exposure. This means no voices and no skin. The suit stays on for our safety. Never reveal your identity to these terrorists, our citizens, your comrades, or more importantly, the enemy. We're torturing them for God's sakes and the community doesn't need to know it's you. Whisper in the halls if you must, but the moment a cell door opens, your mouth will stay shut. Let them scream all they want, but don't you dare say a word back to them. Got it? said Reynolds. Understood. He could see us nodding, and even Ma agreed this time. Small notebooks were passed around the room for us to write instructions if necessary. Good. On to rule number two, continued Reynolds. Show them no mercy. If we need them to sign the papers, get them to sign it by any means necessary. If we need them to confess, make them confess any way you'd like. Just make them do it. Nothing is off limits. If you can think it, make it happen. And that leads us to rule number three. Keep them alive until we order you to terminate them. And when that time comes, kill without question. My eyes skipped away from Reynolds when I caught Eval whispering in the king's ear. His red irises scanned the room before his finger counted all of our heads. There were seven new extractors, surely one more than they were expecting. His eyes met mine, but neither Ma nor I or T. Hammond flinched. Eval's eyes shifted back to Reynolds and so did mine. Anyone play football, basketball, maybe a little baseball or soccer back in the day? Think of extraction like your varsity team. Only the best players get time on the field. If you mess up, you're out. Too much of a pansy to do your job, you're out. Say a word in front of the prisoners and you're as good as gone. If, and only if you do your job well, will you get your time to shine. Now I'm sure you've been enjoying the nice lofts our king has so graciously given to you. Do your job well or you'll be back in the barracks with the rest of the horny dogs, said Reynolds. A few extractors began chuckling. That's right. Good extractors even get laid in their free time. And we've even added a surprise to sweeten the deal. The top performers each week get upgraded for a special night beside the king, and it's like nothing you've ever seen. It comes with all the women, liquor, and even a little... <laughs> that you can handle. The men were howling through the room. When the king decides someone surpasses their duty, they'll get a night of fun. I've got mine more than once, and believe me, it's the highest merit for extraction, said Reynolds. Now I need to explain something, interrupted the king. You're here because you've done great things for our flag. The bravery and courage it took to get here was not overlooked when we made our selections. You are the best of the best, but even great soldiers can make mistakes if you're not careful. The king motioned to Reynolds, who turned on the screen behind them. You may be wondering, how do we get to this point? Do we really need to use such force? Maybe it's all a big misunderstanding, said the king. I'm afraid we've tried everything, but this is the way it must be done. Extraction is the future. It is our way forward. Reynolds dimmed the lights, and a television screen lit up when I recognized the place on the screen. Looking ahead, I saw a young native man sitting in a chair. His spirit was destroyed, his body bleeding, and this poor man was ready to quit. I took a look closer, leaning into the man ahead of me when I saw myself on the screen. There, right before Ma's eye, I saw myself when I first started to die. Let's watch and see what happens when you try to reason with these immigrants, said the king. It was I, projected on the screen like a puppet. He pressed play while the exhausted native man was breathing in and out, swaying between death and rage, while a government official was preaching peace by begging for an agreement. He said we were in it together. He said he wanted my help. But Ma could barely keep us calm. My face twitched on the screen, and my ears wouldn't listen. It had been days since I slept. Big dark circles were hanging under my eyes. My eyes. I had both my eyes. Just as they betrayed T. Hammond, the same rage was pumping through our veins the way it happened on that day. On cue... The exhausted native man rose from the table and grabbed the man's gun. The man jumped back with his hands in the air, begging for his life. 
die, said my voice. Please don't do it, yelled the man. Please don't shoot me. I want to help you. I'm here to help. The screen stopped playing and the lights turned back on. Yes, now you see how it is. I'm afraid we've tried everything, but there is an inherent difference between us and them. They carry hate in their DNA. They can't understand reason or logic like us. We've tried over and over, but these creatures haven't evolved. It's not something we can teach the natives. And so what choice do we have? They can only be extracted, said the king. We've come too far, and I will not let them destroy what's left of our great legacy. We're days away from being free. And once we find the virgin, I will give birth to a savior, and the entire universe will be ours, just the way God commands.